while we're worshiping the Lord, uh, I, I recalled what happened in our small group, and I learned a really big lesson this, this morning that ties in with what we're discussing. So I just want to share a little bit about that. While we're worshiping the Lord together, uh, the scripture came to me, and I, uh, I think lots of times we look at problems, we can have a different view of it. Some will look at problems and they'll see giants. And others will look at problems and they'll see grasshoppers. And you make a choice how big a problem is to you. Uh, this is what Numbers 13, verse 33 says. And there, there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were, and so we were in their sight. Do you see giants or do you see grasshoppers? Uh, what was really interesting this morning in our small group, we had a, we're discussing Sabbath, you know, how we need to have a time of rest every single week. It's, it's vital for all of us. Uh, it's true for land and the needs for re replenishment. It's true for our physical energies. It's true for animals that we need times of uh, reprieve, rest, and Sabbath for every single one of our lives. And we're so busy and engaged in all kinds of activities in our lives that we don't have time to stop. You know, it's like that guy who's chopping a tree down, and a guy came over and looked at him and said, you know, you're not getting very far it's because your, your axe is uh, dull. Why don't you spend some time sharpening it? And he said, I don't have enough time to sharpen my axe. You know, that's how most of us are in our lives. You know, we don't have time to rest, prepare, get ourselves energized again for the next day. And I, I think that that happens in our lives, in our small group. And I want to encourage you, get involved. You know, in the next six weeks, uh, we're going to be finishing up Chosen. And we've got this six-week run. If you're not part of a small group, you're going to miss out a lot. I, I'm so glad this morning that we were part of a small group. The guy that shared, shared a really interesting thought, and I just want to share this before I even get into my message. Actually, uh, I don't have to share my message. I have to share the story. <laughs> and I can run through my message real fast. <laughs> but he said years ago, uh, he was invited to be the head of this one company, and he looked at the finances and the... Um, accounting sheets of this company, there were $7 million in a hole. And he said, you're going to have to get, if you take this job, you're going to have to bail this company out of a $7 million uh, hole that they dug for themselves. And he, he's a Christian. He said, and God said, take this job. And he did it. He took it and built the company up to about $20 million a year. And God began challenging him to start taking this company and shutting the doors on, on Sunday because they walked on, worked on Sunday. And he said, so on Super Bowl Sunday, 2014, they decided to shut the doors. And not only that Sunday, but from the following Sunday, every Sunday, take off. <laughs> and it was really amazing because from 2014 to 2016, they went from... $20 million to $80 million. 
one day less of work. How would you respond to something like that in your life? You know, if you had a huge deficit in your life, the challenge in your own life is that you better just work harder, you know, not work slower, not take off. And yet, the lesson this morning is a lesson that we need to take a breather from life, spend time with God, and when we do, God will do. We heard it this morning in our worship. God will do breakthroughs and bring miracles into our lives. Father, bless our time that you'd speak to every heart and every life, that we would take seriously what you've placed in the scriptures of how we, are need, to, we need to live our lives, and you have ordained that the Sabbath be sacred and holy, and you set a day apart out of the week that we would honor you. Teach us how to do that in our lives, to make us more productive, to make us more fruitful, to make us stronger, not by our own strength, but by what you provide. And we give you thanks in Jesus' wonderful, precious name, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Uh, Jesus invited, uh, Mary invited Jesus into the Sabbath. That's the, uh, the message that we're looking at this morning. <clears throat> the Sabbath was set by God when he created the heavens and the earth. And in the intense work that was done to, to set this motion of uh, planets and universes and galaxies and solar systems uh, into, uh, into existence, God, after six days, took a rest on the seventh. And he looks at us and he says, because of all that I've done for you, and this is what he says to the nation of Israel, I saved you as slaves from Egypt the least you can do is take one day and remember me. And that's what uh, I believe that this whole episode, the second episode of The Chosen is all about, that we can try in our own strength, thinking that we can get things done, but it's not going to be what we do, but what God does that makes the difference. So we'll take a look at this clip. It's you. It's real. Look. No, no, please, don't be frightened. My name is Nicodemus. I, I ministered to you, Lilith. I don't answer to that name. I am Mary. I was born Mary. But you were called Lilith, yes? Please, I must go. No, no, please, Mary. I, I am desperate for your help, Mary. I'm a, I'm a Pharisee. I'm visiting from Jerusalem. I'm a man of God. I believe you have experienced a miracle, Mary. Are you really a Pharisee? Yes. I'm sorry, I wasn't... I'm not here to enforce Jewish law. So how do you know who I am? You really don't remember me at all. I burned incense. I don't remember. It's all a blur. I... I can't go back into that. No, no, I don't want you to. I can't even imagine. But you, you are healed. That, that much is clear. I just want to understand how it happened. It makes two of us. 
How long after my visit did you feel the change? It wasn't anything you did. It was someone else. Someone else? He called me Mary. He said, I am his. I am redeemed. And it was so? Who did this? I don't know his name. And even if I did, I could not tell you. Why not? His time for men to know has not yet come. His time for men? <laughs> he performs miracles and seeks no credit? What does he look like? Is he a member of Sanhedrin? Would you at least know him if you saw him again? <laughs> I don't know why I am sharing this with you. I, I don't understand it myself. But here is what I can tell you. I was one way. And now I am completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him. So yes, I will know him for the rest of my life. <laughs> I have to be home to prepare for Shabbat, as I'm sure you do. So mended you're even hosting Shabbat dinner. It will be nothing like yours, I'm sure of that. But I'm going to try. Shabbat Shalom Nikodimas. Shabbat Shalom. Mary. I love that phrase when she said, um, I was one way and now I'm another. And what made the difference was H-I-M, him. Jesus makes a difference. <clears throat> the theme verse that we're taking a look at is uh, Isaiah 43, verse 2. And it tells us, we looked at verse 1 last week, how uh, the words that Mary memorized and then what Jesus spoke over her that brought her change. This is verse 2. And basically it says that trouble will always be a part of our lives. We can't escape it because we live in a foreign world. We are fallen creatures. People around us are fallen, and we are always going to face it. So this is what Isaiah 43 verse 2 says. When you pass through the waters, not if you pass, but when you pass, every one of us will face financial, marital, physical uh, vocational, relational kinds of problems. It's just part of our lives. We need to accept that. But when you pass through it, God says, I am going to be with you. He promises his presence in our lives. And when you go through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, it shall not burn you. Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. And I recall through the scripture what God did in initiating uh, Israel's birth through Moses and the deliverance when they were slaves in Egypt. And then uh, after 10 plagues, setting them free, coming to another obstacle in their lives as they, as they face the Red Sea. And, and the Lord says 
to Moses as he is facing the Red Sea with the sea be before him and the Pharaoh and his armies behind him. He says, Lord, help us. And God just says this to him. And I think he says this to all of us. Be still and see the salvation of the Lord. You, know, you don't have to worry. You don't have to fret. You don't have to uh, get stressed out of this situation. You don't have to work to see this happen. I'm going to do it. And I remember um, years ago that when I first got involved in ministry, I had so many exposures to God's miracles, uh, raising of the dead, uh, cripples being healed, uh, eyes being opened. And one of the major sources was this guy, Tommy Hicks, that uh, had a six-month crusade in Argentina, uh, healed the president, Peron, who was in Buenos Aires. And uh, they even brought ambulance full of dead people from the hospital to these crusade meetings that uh, ministered to millions of people in, in six months. I, I remember uh, hearing all these stories. And one day I was leading worship in a, in a church in Los Angeles, and I saw this guy sitting in the back seat of our Sunday night service and not realizing later that when the pastor was talking to him, uh, the pastor came up to me and said, that was Tommy Hicks. I thought, well, that's the guy that was used in the revival <laughs> in Argentina. It was just a, an amazing thing. Um, <clears throat> but he was going through, he had seen the amazing glory of God for six months upon his life. Millions of people touched. And when I saw him, he had this really dark cloud over his head sitting in the backseat of our, of, of our church. And the theme that I'm looking at right now is that trouble is always part of every single one of our lives. It doesn't matter who you are. You're going to face trouble. And it's through much, this is what Acts 14.22 says, through much tribulation, you will enter the kingdom of God. Not only are people outside the church going to face tribulation, if you're a Christian and you know Jesus Christ, you will also uh, face that. Believers will go through trouble. And this is what 1 Peter 4.12 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. It's going to take place in each one of our lives. Are you prepared for that? Um, I'm going to pass this on to Pastor Lance after sharing this one story with you. <clears throat> um, if you're prepared for what possibly could happen in your life that is negative, it is so much better to have that mindset than thinking that when you start walking with God, everything's going to be okay because life is not like that. Uh, I remember a youth minister that went into Chicago years ago, and during the summer, he saw 100 young people accept Jesus Christ into their lives. He got every single one of their names, jotted it down, got, got the record. One year later, he went back. And he went to look up every single one of the 100 young, young kids. And he said out of all of them, there was only like two or three that was serving the Lord. And have you ever found people who are so excited about God, they loved God, they want to serve God, and then one year later, they're not around. And I, we had this guy 
come walking into our church when we first got started, he was telling everybody about Jesus. He could memorize scriptures and recite them. And I thought, wow, what a great guy. And he was a Finnish carpenter that had that could do just amazing work. And one day he didn't show up in church. And I asked his wife, oh, what, what happened? What happened to Steve? And he said, well, um, this past week, he had his truck stolen with all his, you know, equipment uh, for, for, for his uh, business. And when the police finally found it, it was empty and his truck was burnt. And it so disappointed him that it took all the spiritual wind out of his sail that he never came back to church again. What is it, so what, um, when this youth pastor went to all these hundred kids, he went to each one of them to find out what went wrong, how come you're not serving the Lord? <clears throat> there was uh, this sense that everything was going to be okay in their lives because they had Jesus in their lives now. And for, for those that didn't have that attitude, that life was full of trouble and expected and get prepared that they were the ones that, are, that could survive. And I think we need to have that attitude in our hearts. God is great. He is powerful. He'll do all kinds of great things. But realize that we're going to face the challenges, and God can take us through the challenges. That's the uh, area that uh, Pastor Lance is going to come and share with us about. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> My point is that Jesus will be with us in trouble. But in that place of trouble, with Jesus being with us, I believe God, he can give us what he call a rest in our soul that things will work out. Rest in the Bible is also uh, defined as uh, not only cease from work, but it describes a freedom from worry and being disturbed. It also defines rest as having a confidence or trust in God. So when trouble comes, either we can be like a pond or a lake that is calm, or we can be like an ocean that is always moving, raging all over. The Bible says this, and in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now, how many of us welcome trouble? I don't think none of us do. I don't welcome trouble. I don't like trouble. But trouble somehow follows me. I don't understand. And I'm retired. And it still follows me. <laughs> trouble is part of our world that we live as Pastor Sharon. In Daniel chapter 3, there's a story of King Nebuchadnezzar. And he made a decree that everyone, he would commanded everyone to bow down to a golden statue when a certain music we played. But there were three young Jewish men who worshipped God. And they declared that they're not going to worship that idol, but only God, regardless of what was going to happen to them. The king heard about it, so he decided to throw them in the furnace of fire. And he heated the furnace seven times hotter than normal. Even so that when the soldiers brought the three young men into the furnace, those soldiers got killed by the flames, by the heat. 
So they put the tree in the furnace, and the king decided to look what was happening. And when he took a peek into, what was, into the three men in the furnace, he didn't see three. He seen four men in there. And the Bible says that the fourth one was like a son of God. Wow. The king seen that. He called the men out of the furnace. And the Bible says that not a hair on their head got singed or the smell of smoke on their clothing. Imagine that. It was a miraculous deliverance. And because of that, the king declared the Israelite people were now protected from harm. They had free worship, and they had a royal promotion. All because Jesus was in the midst of the fiery trial they went through. Jesus is in the midst of whatever we face and challenges. And a lot of times, and sometimes like me, I would say when things go wrong, I'll say, God, where are you? I don't know about you, but it should be like Psalms 23, that though I walk through the valley of shadow death, thou art with me. God is with me. Romans 8, 31 and 35 says, Shall we then say these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword? And the scripture goes on that nothing shall separate us from the love of God. A lady named Crystal McVeigh wrote a book called Waking Up in Heaven. At 33, 32 years old, a mother of four went to the hospital for a routine procedure. While undergoing the procedure, complication happened and she died. The doctors resuscitated her after nine minutes. During those nine minutes, Crystal remembers traveling with God down a tunnel to a gate of heaven. She noticed a small child ahead of her. She remembered the child wore a bonnet on her head and had a little white basket in her hand. And she watched as the little girl picked up the basket and then there was light and dipped it in light. And she would scoop it up and would dump the light out like water. And the light would cascade out of her basket and then she would laugh, throw her back, and laugh, laugh, laugh. Every time she seen that, she said her spirit began to well up. And it was like a love was coming forth from there. God had revealed to Crystal, seeing her at the year age of three years old. Crystal says she was me at that moment where the enemy had stepped into her life because she was molested at the time. And whispered that I was worthless, that I was broken, I was disgusting, and that I got everything I deserve. She was a three-year-old that heard that God didn't love her, and that he had abandoned her, he had forsaken her, and that he didn't even exist in her life. He allowed me to know that he allowed me to look through his eyes to see the truth, and the truth had set her free, that God loved her. All of Crystal's doubts about God's existence and his love had faded away. She said, uh, I remember what it felt like to be in chains. I remember, and I remember the moment he took them away from me. I was free at that moment. 
He didn't say, Crystal, I love you. He allowed me to experience his love, and his love almost made me explode. She said, no matter how broken and beaten we are, no matter how far we run, even from God, that God is in pursuit of us, and that there is nothing that will separate his love from you. She said, again, she reiterated, nothing will separate his love from you. Trouble doesn't mean God doesn't love us. Trouble doesn't mean that you sinned. God's love is consistent, unlike human love. God will never leave us nor forsake us. When you're on the mountaintop, he loves you. When you're in the valley, he loves you. And that he is with you. His love never changes. Now I'm going to show a clip in The Chosen. And the question is, as we talk about Shabbat and rest, and in this clip, it's going to show a time of celebration of Shabbat. And um, there were four characters in here. Peter had Shabbat with his family. Matthew, the uh, tax collector, had Shabbat by himself with a dog. Nicodemus had Shabbat with the religious leaders. But Mary had Shabbat with Jesus. Which one would you want to be? I don't want to be rude, but would it be okay if, if I... Oh, <laughs> yes, of course. Please come in. I just never thought you'd... Um, uh, I have guests here. Uh, this is my first time. I don't know what I'm doing. Rabbi. Rabbi. You already know these men? They are students of mine. I trust they have been polite. Of course. Your guests can take the seat. Yes, Mary? Oh, of course. <laughs> yes, of course, please have a seat. I keep saying, of course, a lot. <laughs> um, Francis is the man I told you about who, um, who helped me. Oh, yes, yeah. Mary told us so much about you. Oh, I hope not too much. I'm Barnaby. This is Shula. She is blind. Ah. In case you couldn't tell. I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I don't actually know your name. I'm Jesus of Nazareth. Hmm. Well, apparently something good can come from Nazareth. <laughs> wow. Mary, I'm honored to be here. Why don't you begin? Oh, no, I, I couldn't now that you are here. You must. Thank you, but this is your home. And I would love for you to do it. Okay. I'll just, uh, I'll just read from this now. Now the heavens and the earth were completed and all their hosts. And God completed on the seventh day his work that he did. Amen. So the challenge is, in the times that we go through challenges in life, are we asking Jesus into that place, whatever we face? With Jesus, because with Jesus we get better. Mary took the best part in celebrating Shabbat because she had Jesus with her. And so for our life, because 
As we grow, God wants us to be more like him. And scripture says that, Proverbs 4.18, but the path of the just, a shining light that shines more and more to the perfect day. Let us not forget that God wants us to be more like him and more and more like him. And the only way is having him in our lives through trials. And through trials, we will grow. It says in 2 Corinthians 2.8, in that great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in riches in their liberality. Let us remember that trouble will form us to overflow with God's generous life when we ask Jesus into that place. I had um, a couple weeks ago, how many of us ever had a knife fly to your bedroom window, cracking the window? <laughs> well, it happened to me. A couple weeks ago, my neighbor was doing target practice and hit an over the target, over the fence, and went right through my window. <laughs> and I was like, I was thinking of calling the police, but I didn't. And he, um, then he apologized, and the story um, so happened that my neighbor across the street, his father used to have a glass company, and so he hooked me up with one of his friends that worked for his father before. And when the friend came down and he told us, me and the neighbor, how much it was going to cost, and he said, oh, it's going to cost $550 for a small uh, sliding window. I almost had a heart attack. So did my neighbor who's paying for it. <laughs> and he was like, I don't have the money. And I'm looking at him, what? <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, what is this now? So anyway, time went on. And finally, he decided he, he's going to pay for it. After doing some research and realized that it was a great price, he said, okay, go ahead. And then one day as I was walking to the neighborhood with my wife as we're walking, and I seen him in the garage, and I told him, hey, I ordered the window and all. And just so happened he had sold a piece of, I don't know, equipment, and it's just then for $500. And it was worth, so I was like, so he gave it to me. He said, oh, I owe you $50, and I'll pay for it when, um, when the window comes in. And then I said, I'll give you a knife back then. <laughs> I had to hold security there. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so as time went on, and finally we ordered it and all. And what was impressed on my heart from God was that I want you to bless him by paying for the last $50. And I was struggling with that, and I had to tell my, tell my wife and what she thought. And after a while, I finally asked her, what do you think about us paying the $50? She said, you know, that's what I was thinking about too. So I knew it was God. So in the midst of all of this trial <laughs> that I was going through, God was in the midst of it. And I, and as God was in there. And he caused us to be like him. Even though, you know, he owed us, we decided to bless him. And to glory to God. It's all God. If God was not there, I'd make him pay. <laughs> <laughs> But in our life, as we grow in trials and tribulations, God will cause us to be a light for him. And I remember one more short story that I met with Pastor Jonathan this past week, and we had time together. And then this lady came, and she was searching for um, cans in the, uh, you can tell she was homeless. 
And she was going through the cans, uh, looking for cans in the rubbish can. So she went, and then um, it kind of dawned on me that, oh, to bless but not. And then as we were leaving, we left. I got in my car, and she was coming this way. And then I stood, it didn't dawn on me to give her, and I was thinking about it, but I didn't. And then I was driving away, and I looked in my rear rear side window, and there was Pastor Jonathan. He stopped his Jeep and started talking to her, and I believe he gave her some money. And somehow in our life, as we go through things in life, I know God wants to form us to be like him, to bless others. Even when we go through difficult times, he wants to be there. So we're going to close with a song, David. Let's stand as we worship the God and invite Jesus into whatever you're facing in your life as we sing. A moment that we just can reflect on you and your goodness and your love and your word that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And that when difficulties come into our life, God, let it be that you be the center of it and that you would guide us through everything. We thank you for your blessing, Father. We pray for each one that is going through a difficult time, that they would look to you in this moment and that you would guide them. So we thank you, Father, for your love, for our life. And let us be a light into the world, into the community, into our friends and family, to those that are, don't know you and to those that need you, to those that are struggling in life. But God, you've called us into that place of darkness to bless them. In Jesus' name. The Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.